Hey, uh, it's me, your dungeon master, and also your biggest B, Big B. So, uh, this was originally going to be our final episode of this season of HGW Laid, and, well, as I'm sure it has for probably all of you, the world has shifted extremely rapidly under our feet in the last few weeks. It feels weird to say why specifically, because I'm sure for anyone who's listening around now, it's obvious it seems not to need any contextualizing in any other part of life, but it also feels weird not to mention it. So, of course, what we're talking about, we're just one of the countless groups affected in some, I want to be clear, definitely comparatively tiny way by the outbreak of COVID-19. Um, I won't go into the details, but we were actually in the middle of recording our movie-length finale when some breaking news came through, and as I'm sure has happened to a lot of people, uh, some members of the party had to essentially run and get their lives organized. Um, the good news is that everyone is safe and well, and uh, T and Grace are actually both back in Perth at the moment, which is nice, not that <laughs> we can hang out, um, and Jackson is bunkering down over east. Um, the other good news, I guess, depending on your perspective, is that you're going to get another episode of HW Laid in two weeks after we've had a chance to record the ending that got cut off and put together our actual finale episode. So I'm well aware that this is becoming a little bit of a joke at this point, but I promise, barring some other catastrophe, the next episode will be the finale of this story. On a serious note, we here at Curio really hope that you and all your loved ones are safe and well, and we're all going to get through this thing together, and for what it's worth, we're going to try and be here in some small way, hopefully providing whatever escapism we can for those who want it, and, you know, maybe a bit of normalcy and hopefully some laughter and fun. Um, with that said, I really don't want to turn this into a bummer. Uh, a lot of people have and will speak about this situation a lot more eloquently than me, and this is really not the place for it. So I'll sum up now. Um, stay safe, stay home if you can, wash your hands, be kind, and find joy where you can. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We sincerely appreciate it and hope it brings you a smile. We love you all. I won't take up any more of your time. Enjoy the show, and I'll be back with you in two weeks for the finale. Time is just strange for me. I, I, I left it on so long that it went from... You know how it's when we got all that other details where it's like, you're here, and this and that, and blah, 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 and now it's just like, no, fuck you, it's time.is and the time, that's it. It was like, you didn't need anything else. Clearly, you love this website. Mm-hmm. This is the time where you are now. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah, weird. It's like, uh, it's like they figured out, oh, he's not going anywhere. Like, you sat still long enough, they were like, oh, he doesn't need to know where the time is anywhere else. Yeah, at a certain point, he just likes watching numbers move. And they're like, well, you know, given that that show got cancelled, this is time to (laughs) this. Yeah, he likes watching numbers move from network to network, desperately trying to find a new host. (laughs) I really liked numbers at one point. Yeah, it's so good, dude. Fucking nasty boy. Because here's the thing FBI, dumb. Mathematician smart. You bring them together, that's a good combination. <laughs> FBI, big muscles. Mathematician, yeah. big brain. I mean, everybody knows, like, the FBI is known for being dumb. It's true. That's it's actually true. why, that's why they're called an unintelligence agency. Okay, that show should have ended. That show should have ended with, like, the the muscular FBI brother, like, uh, going brain dead. And so, like, the smart brother gets his brain put into muscular brother's brain. And now it's one actor, one paycheck, but he has all the abilities. He's the brain. And they just the call brother. it number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> This is a tale of a strange and dangerous world, a world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic, hardship, and friendship. This is a tale about a world at war, and the people who are forced to endure it. When ancient magic starts to stir, three unlikely heroes find themselves embroiled in a quest much larger than themselves. But, more than any of that, This is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons.
Hey, sexy mama, it's uh, your Zoot Suit Dungeon Master, uh, Big B, coming at you for How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition actual play podcast for the Curio Network, baby. <laughs> Just the, the, the way he set that up is unlike anything I've, I've heard before. Yes. Um... Uh, hey, um, yeah, I'm, this is actually my first day on the job, I'm, I'm, I'm the intern here, my name's, um, Kenny, uh, thanks guys. Jackson was busy, we couldn't get Jackson today, so we pulled in Kenny, (laughs) he's, he's, he's filling in, he'll be playing Jody. It's actually, it's actually a big get, cause it's Kenny from that film Kenny, in Australia a few years ago. Oh, Jackson, you made it! Yeah, Jackson, no, yeah. I didn't know you were here. No, no, no. So Ke- Kenny's in the studio. I'm calling in. Kenny's got me over loudspeaker. Um, but yeah, it's that famous. Uh, the okay, Kenny. But you're, to clarify, yeah. you are busy this afternoon. Oh, I'm I'm super busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the coffee-stained middle management Amazon. Whoa. Okay. God, what so is this pattern? We've just given up on the theme then. Fight. Fight number three. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't the second one an intern? Yeah, that's true. Um, so maybe no are we one... doing like a radio studio thing where like Look, no one knows I'm what like your a, thing was. I'm like a radio okay. DJ because you started and I was like, I guess we're going prohibition mobsters, and then Jackson was like intern, and I'm like, oh, yeah. so the zoot suit. I mean, I was doing like, like a, a zoot suit right thing. thing, right? Because well, I just. I was just so thrown that I was kind of like, well, in my uh, capacity as someone that makes audio, I've let myself down. So I gave myself the day off and then Kenny came in and he's covering for me. So that was sort of my personal thing. But I understand <laughs> that that then left Thomas to be like, well, it's either Zoot Suit and like, although I guess, you know what? I've always said middle management, that's like a fucking mob in all of its own. So I think that's an important right, yeah, wow. comment to say. Like, I, I, just feel, yeah, so I just felt like middle management was the flying only start thing here. that could join the two things that you two said. Should we start again? <laughs> I reckon that'd have my my vote. <laughs> we'll be starting again. <laughs> Maybe with something just like a notch clearer than a zoom <laughs> We'll have a little false start here. This was just a warm-up. We'll delete this one from the... From All right, the, everyone. The yeah, okay, if, we, if we get a reset, if we get a reset, everyone back to your, back to starting positions. And uh, Ben, when you're ready, if you could take us away. Okay. All right, everyone. Yep. Oh, so, uh, wait for the music. <laughs> Hello. You're listening to How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. Tape 1. I'm your host and dungeon master, Ben McAllister, and we're going to take you on a journey of self-discovery and self-improvement, just in four short audio cassettes. <laughs> Live folder provided by me, Jackson Newsom. And there'll be a range of in-house radio recorded voice actors from such various characters as these and other characters you couldn't possibly imagine from in-studio voice <laughs> talent Thomas Owen. <laughs> Auga! <laughs> <clears throat> and, uh... All of this coming to you for eight easy payments of nineteen ninety nine from Grace Chapel. Oh boy, that's steep. <laughs> that's, that's more than I've ever paid for an audio cassette. Hey, you know what? We're worth it. Were you expecting each of us to be a yeah, different kind of audio cassette? I mean, no. I just you know I never have any expectations on you guys. I just throw up, I just throw them up and I just let you guys do what comes naturally. You know. I genuinely um, I, look, guys. I, I think at, in the finale, I should come clean. It's definitely my fault. My brain just doesn't function as everyone else's does. And so Ben will be like, "Hey, here's this offer," and I'll be like, "Yeah, you mean this offer?" And then I, and then T gets to pieces. I'm really sorry. <laughs> It's <laughs> oh, actually why Jackson got out of acting and into writing because improv is not in his skill set. <laughs> well, no, it is, but it's a very particular kind of improv. You actually ideal oh, at improving. It's more like yourself. a yes, really. Okay, so now that we've learned all about the kind of audio cassette tapes that are available for mail order in this, the real human world of Earth, 
Why don't we dip into the magical land of Carthus and see what kind of self-improvement tapes they have access to over there? <laughs> so we're, we're rolling ahead with that one, eh? A message pings on the network of sending stones. Elena at the staging camp grips the table in front of her harder and wishes everyone luck. To the south of the town, an unseen group of soldiers begin filing down a secret, narrow pathway between the mountains, and to the west, Jathra, commanding the combined Eastern League and Carthan Resistance forces for the frontal assault, grunts gruffly and turns to her troops. All right, everybody, the words come down, get ready, because we're about to rock and roll. We've been fighting this war for longer than anyone seems to be able to remember, and it's impacted every aspect of this world. But of course, I don't need to tell you all that. You've all been involved in this war one way or another for far too long. Probably before you first even took up arms. Probably your entire life. Well, guess what? This is it. Today, one way or another, right here, right now, is the beginning of the end. She takes a moment and sweeps her gaze across the forces. She points in the direction of the gates of Snakesbane Spring. The people in there are building some kind of fucked up super weapon which will definitely end the war. But it's not just up to them. We've got a chance to stop them before they can finish the job, and, lucky for us, they've been kind enough to group up a whole lot of their most important and powerful players so we can stomp them into the dust at the same time, leaving us a clear path to the end of this war where we don't all get blown the fuck up. So, today's the day. For better or for worse, it ends here. Let's try and make it for better, hey? Who's with me? The combined forces erupt into battle cries and begin beating their shields. Mel, the farmer leading the Carthan resistance forces, grips her makeshift spear tighter and thrusts it into the air. The entire group begins their charge from the tree line, across the open field, directly for the gates of Snakesbane Spring. Okay, so, we're coming in on a situation where the three of you have split up. Do you guys remember where you are? You guys were in the basin at the bottom of Snakesbane Spring, inside the quarry. Yep. Yeah. And you've split up. So I think we're going to take them piece by piece. The last thing we saw was you guys had invisibility cast on you and you had one minute to act. And Jody was sprinting left up the side of the quarry wall up to a line of three ballistae. And uh, Duncan and uh, Drusilla and Valeria and Elva were sprinting to the right, but to two discrete locations. Duncan, invisible, sprinting up to the first group of uh, soldiers that he can see. I will say at this point, there are six groups of five soldiers each, dotted in a loose semicircle around the entrance to the mine at the base of the quarry. Speaking of the entrance to the mine at the base of the quarry, it is currently guarded by a shimmering magical barricade, and... That is the destination that Elva, Valeria, and Drazilia are heading for. Who wants to handle their thing first? I think it makes sense for it to be Jody. Yep. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Jody, you sprint up the side of this quarry and find yourself standing invisible and unperturbed on solid ground at the top. You can see the settlement of Snakesbane Spring laid out before you, a collection of low houses, town meeting hall, but... Right now, it would be unrecognizable even to somebody who'd been there before because it is thoroughly barricaded with soldiers and siege equipment. And chief among this siege equipment are the three ballistae lined up before you. Each of them is currently manned by a group of two people, one loading and one firing. They're standing ready, pointed at the gates of Snakesbane Spring, not looking like super panicked but they're they're definitely on alert what are you doing what's your plan you've got i'm gonna say 40 seconds i reckon it took you 20 seconds to get up here you've got 40 seconds of invisibility but of course the first time you do anything offensive you're gonna lose that invisibility yeah yeah okay um so describe the three ballistae like how far apart are they 
Uh, the three ballistae, so f for those of you who don't know what a ballista is, also I feel like we're, like, using the technically correct pronunciation of ballista. I realized that when I was editing the last episode, and I was like, that could be very confusing if you don't know what a ballista is. You're gonna be like, what the fuck are ballistae? A ballista yeah. is like a big old crossbow on wheels, um, the, the correct pluralization being ballistae, but don't worry about it. Um, so, like, they're um, just like big crossbows, they are the... spaced. It's like the things in the Battle of Helm's Deep that the uruk I have. Yeah, right. Um, so go watch, uh, go watch Lord of the Rings Two Towers, uh, wait for the Battle of Helm's Deep, if you're not sure, rather than Googling Ballista, go watch that movie, you should be doing that anyway. Um, and Press pause, and off you go. <laughs> go watch the entire Lord of the Rings, in fact, watch the whole thing while you're at it. And fucking enjoy, yeah. you know. Extended editions. Director's cut. Um, yeah, definitely anyway. watch the director's cut. The Ballista. Uh, yeah, how so far, they are spaced, how far apart are they? they are spaced 30 feet apart. Great. Okay. What? What? I, basically, what I want to try and do, so, um, the, let's say the, the the one closest to me as I've as I've climbed up, um, th so there are two figures there. Like, are, are they just waiting? What's happening? They're waiting. Like, the the, the ballista is currently um primed and loaded and pointing at the town gates. Like, they're expecting an assault, but they're not like the gates aren't being battered at this second because you guys like gave the signal to start the assault like 20 seconds ago when you sprinted off from uh, the group so like right. the gates aren't being hammered at yet the army hasn't emerged from their position but like the the guard of, of snakes made spring are like waiting for an for an assault yeah 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 of course of course of course of course okay cool um what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna I, 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 well the surrounding area is it like like it's, it's like a cliff right so it's like rocky and that sort of thing yeah definitely um, great. I want to pick up to the quarry. I want to like, um, essentially like roll a rock past like the two people at the first ballista sort of thing. You're making like a distraction play. Yeah. 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 Well, first up, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a lot of moves very quickly, but the first one up as I'm moving is like sort of like grabbing a rock and then rolling it past them and that sort of thing. So as to, yeah, basically get their attention. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're literally just picking up a rock and throwing it, I think that's fine. You don't need to do anything for that. You throw the rock. Bearing in mind, you've got, yeah, like, probably 35 seconds of invisibility left at this point. Um, yeah, I'm doing it as I'm moving. Yep. yep, you roll the rock right past them, and they're both like, huh? Like, uh, big exclamation points go up above their head, <laughs> and uh, the one who's not currently primed and ready to fire walks over to the to rock and then, like, looks around left to right. Great. Okay, cool. Um, I, um... And sees nothing, of course, because you're not there. And he's like, what the fuck? Where did this <laughs> rock come from? Yeah. Um, I want to... Basically, I want to charge right into the ballista and just trying to, like, swivel it, um, I guess, like, 90 degrees to its right. Oh, fuck. So you're distracting one of the guys, pulling him off the ballista, and then you're just shoulder charging it? Yeah. Okay. Make an athletics it, check for me, my guy. It's on It's on wheels as well, right? So I figure, like, there's, there's probably yeah, yeah. some... Yeah, it is yeah. on wheels. You're shoulder charging it, trying to turn it. Make an athletics check for me. Um, okay, I rolled uh, an 18 plus 6, so 24. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fucking solid. Um, yeah, okay, so 24 athletics check. Jody shoulder charges the front of the ballista and fucking, it, like, turns and groans. Uh, it actually swivels past, pointing at the guy who was standing at the back, ready to load the thing. Uh, and he's like, whoa, uh, Jim, what the fuck are you doing? And the guy at the back has just had, like, the controls ripped out of his hands as the ballista is now swiveled away from him. Jody hasn't made an offensive action yet, so uh, right now I think these guys are pretty fucking spooked. Uh, Jim, the guy with his hands on the controls, runs over to the ballista and starts trying to turn it back in the direction of the front gates of town as uh, the other guy, the guy who was picking up the rock, is just like, what the fuck, what the fuck? And you see the other two uh, ballista crews both turn over in this direction. You've definitely got all of their attention. What do you yeah, do perfect. now? Is the ballista, uh, are any of the other ballista in the line of fire of this one? Uh, I will allow you to make a ranged attack roll if you want to try and fire the thing to see if you can hit them. Yeah, I do. Okay, Jody fucking... Like, rotates this ballista, grabs the trigger, <laughs> and gets ready to fire. I would like to quickly jump over to one of the other two groups. I think let's go to Duncan. Duncan, you have pumped your powerful little dwarven legs as hard as you can across <laughs> this quarry to get up to the closest group of soldiers to you. There are five of them. There are six groups of five soldiers. What do you do? You're still invisible. You haven't made an offensive action. You've got, I believe, three attacks. And I'll say, given this is going to be a surprise, those attacks can be an advantage. Uh, I was going to head for the one in the middle. Not like the first Okay, group. yep, you're yeah. in the... No worries then. You're at the one in the middle. What are they armed with? 
like a collection of, of stuff, mostly like swords and, and bows and crossbows. Uh, and they're wearing like a combination of armor, some leather, some skate, um, some leather, some chain. Um, they're just like assorted soldiers, little groups. At, at least some of them, I'll say in this first group that you're at, one of them appears to be pretty lightly armored and carrying a staff. Okay, I'm actually going to get a little bit tactical because what it hasn't what <laughs> yeah wild right <laughs> but this is going to be different because um i'm going to stand myself right next to the wizardy looking one and first thing i'm going to do is i got 30 cast, seconds um i won't have 30 seconds by the time i do my first thing believe me uh i'm gonna cast fog cloud okay um that's something a little different that no one's used to that is going to help a lot in a scenario where there's this many of them, some of them have ranged weapons. Okay, what does Fog Cloud do? Fog Cloud um, is a... Um, it creates a 20-foot radius sphere of fog centred on a point within range. I'm going to centre it on myself. Uh, the area is heavily obscured. I also... What I'm hearing here, dude, is that Duncan rolls up to these guys and just drops a huge beefer, dude. Just fucking <laughs> drop... <laughs> Drops his guts, man. That is it's not, what it's not what happens. Uh, okay, a creature effectively suffers from the blinded condition when they're in a heavily obscured area. Interesting. Uh, I assume that means you also can't shoot into it, right? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you can. I think you're just at disadvantage, like with any shots you're going to take. So if you're in it, you're blinded, and if you're outside of it, you can just shoot at disadvantage? Yeah, I think so, because you're just firing into the cloud. That's a fucking shit spell for this moment, then. Um, I, in that case, how far apart from each other are they? Like, in this group, you'd be able to get to all of them within a turn. I'm going to cast Hunter's Mark on on the mage, and then put my sword through him. <laughs> yeah, nice. You've got advantage on this attack roll. Uh, I'm going to power attack. Fuck yeah. Uh, that's like 20, uh, 27 to hit. Yeah, that definitely hits this mage wearing cloth armor. Um, uh, ten plus ten is twenty. Uh, plus uh, seven plus two because he's humanoid, so that's twenty nine. Uh, plus hunter's mark. What's that? Uh, rolling twos. So it's three. So it's thirty two damage. Your 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 power attack does indeed go straight through the body of this mage, pokes out the back of his chest, and uh, he crumbles to the ground. As soon as that happens, Duncan, this bloodthirsty, rage-eyed dwarf, pops into existence in the <laughs> middle of this group of soldiers. They're all like, what the fuck? Uh, up top, things are happening with Jody, and we're going to play out the rest of Duncan's turn. Um, right, uh, I'm going to step over to whichever of them has the nastiest-looking melee weapon. And I'm going to yep. take a swing. There's a guy uh, with a big two-handed great axe. Uh, with advantage, uh, that's eight down to three. It's 17 to hit. Yeah, this guy with the great axe is wearing leather armor, and you definitely get him with that 17. Roll your damage. So it's going to be seven plus 10 is 17, plus the two for being a humanoid chosen is 19, plus the seven for my attack Turns into 26. 26 damage. Yeah, nice. Uh, you cut this guy down as well. He's fucking just, like, on the ground now. He's gasping for his breath. You've got one more attack. Uh, yep. Um, so it's the same to hit roll. Yep, should do it. 8 plus 9 is 17 plus 10 is 27 damage. Yeah, absolutely. You cut through this next uh, rank-and-file soldier. You know, these guys, they're, they're no match for Duncan. I mean, they're like, they're of the order of the people that he served with when he was serving with the werewolf, who are, you know, as we know, kind of level one-ish creatures, level one to level two <laughs> at the outside. So Duncan is just slicing and dicing through them. He's taken down three of them in a matter of a half a second. Chaos ensues. Everyone is shocked. The rest of the soldiers in this semicircle, uh, their attention is all pricked. And then we're going to head over to Drasilia. Valeria and Elva. The three of them are invisible. They're standing, you know, a good 40 feet away from any of the, the groups, 40, 45 feet away from any of the groups. They see Duncan pop into existence and commence his slaying. When Elva, you can't see her, but you hear Drasilia, Elva, running her hands over this magical barricade and muttering to herself. And she says, 
I haven't seen this exact spell before, but just give me a moment. Give me... Look, help help Duncan do something. Just give me one moment. And you've got a turn here. You can see these groups spaced out. You can see Duncan cutting his way through one of them. You've got a turn to do something. What are you going to do? Um, if I cast a spell, uh, half the group going to pop back into existence? Just you. Cool, cool, cool. Have any of the groups started moving or are they all still just like shocked? I mean, so... So the way turns in D&D work, this, this is all kind of happening simultaneously. So like, as your turn is beginning, Duncan is starting to cut down those three. Jody is grabbing his hands on the controls okay. of the ballista. Like, th- these three things are all happening like at the same time. How far apart are the groups? About like 40, 30, 40 feet. Y- you're not going to be able to hit more than one of them, I wouldn't think. Well, you might think that. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> <laughs> I do have this fancy level 8 spell called Sunburst, which has a 60-foot radius. Okay. 60-foot radius. Yes, um, it does. That'll mean if you drop it on... Jeez, are you going to cast it? Is that the plan? Drop it like it's hot. Okay. Let's figure out how many people that could hit. It's my only one of this spell I can use. <laughs> Should I use it now? I mean, if its main thing is huge radius, how much damage does it do? A lot. 12d6. It is a level 8 spell. <laughs> I mean, a 60-foot radius, this is a semicircle with a radius of, like, 40 feet. So, like... So you're saying I can yeah, hit them all? You could, you could literally hit all of them if you burn your level 8 nuke. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. How much damage are we talking? And do they get a save? Yep, they get a con save. Okay. But um, if they fail... Fuck a duck. Okay. They're going to die. <laughs> okay. So, fuck. There are not as many of them remaining. Going to roll some saves. What's your save, DC? 19. Okay. Eight of them save. The remaining 19 of them do not. <laughs> so, let's roll that 12d6 damage. Yep, I just did. It was 38. Okay, fuck me. The ones that do not save are all melted under the raw fury of Dracilia's fiery sun. (laughs) The eight of them that did save all take that damage and, like, stand there, grit their teeth, and right now it's popping the fuck off. At that very moment, we're popping around to Jody. Jody, make that attack roll. (laughs) Alrighty. Um, So it's a 16 plus... Is it just proficiency, I guess? Or, like... Yeah, plus proficiency, plus dex. It's a ranged attack roll. Oh. Oh, oh no. <laughs> well, actually, is, um, is Jody proficient in crossbows? Uh, let me check. I love the idea that it's the same proficiency for a ballista as a crossbow. Yeah, you know what? You know what? I'm going to say you, you are not proficient in this, but do add your dexterity. <laughs> oh, easy. That's fine. Um, uh, great. Okay, well, that's still a 21, 21 right? Yeah, nice. Okay, absolutely. fucking lootly Jody fucking launches this ballista bolt straight through the other two ballista, the one in the middle, the one on the far side. They are obliterated. Their, their wheels are pulled out from underneath them. Uh, what? So one of them, like, it goes straight through the central column and, like, the crossbow part of it just falls to the ground. The other one, it, like, hits the arcing part of the crossbow and, uh, like, buckles it beyond use and, like, the chain that, that throws the bolt comes off it. Uh, Jody is now visible. He's standing here next to these two guys and these other four guys and at that moment he sees the sunburst down in the quarry and he hears a roar as the group from beyond the front walls of snakesbane spring charges at the gate what does jody do in this moment um so the other two ballistae are they disabled yeah they're disabled this one's still active yeah great okay uh so there's six people up here six boys (laughs) um what's what's direct like what is directly below me uh, empty quarry over to the to the main entrance to the mine, which I think we said was like 200, 250 feet away from you. Yeah, great. Okay, cool. Um, so is there a guy within like like fighting distance of me, like the the, the, the former pilot? Yeah, the, the two guys on the ballista that you're controlling are within fighting distance of you. Great. Okay, cool. I, I lash out of that guy with a, with a hot little punch. Yeah, oh, punch rather than a staff blow. Yeah, nice. Give me the attack roll. Um, that is an 18 plus... Whatever my things are. Um, what is my... Yeah, my you, you're brain uh, uh, Plus 11, yeah, so... 
Yeah, 18 is good enough, I think, for the bonuses. You, you brain him. Yeah, great. Great, great, great. Glad to, glad to hear it. Um, okay, so D10. Uh, so it's 11 damage. Uh, and then we'll attack him again. Yep. Yeah, nice. Um, so this one is a 12 plus... Uh, so 23 to hit. Yep, that does it. Great. So that one will be 14 damage. Yeah, okay. Uh, you, you brain him. You feel, yeah, that punch goes right into the side of his temple, and he crumbles to the ground, expressionless. His clock has been thoroughly cleaned by two fists from Jody. Great. Okay, I'm then going to flurry of blows, uh, uh-huh. and then I'm going to. Uh, is the other guy within distance? Yeah, you can get oh. over to him for sure. No, that that, that that's okay. I'm, I'm just going to swing swing around, uh, and I'm I'm going to punch the uh, the ballista twice, um, which uh, okay. The first one won't won't hit probably because that'll be like uh thirteen. Uh, the next one's a crit. Um, okay. Uh, so that'll be two. Oh, that's not very good. Oh my god, I rolled two two. So that's four, that's uh nine damage. But I'm then gonna use uh the uh, one of the abilities of Flyer of Blows, which I'm gonna move this thing uh ten feet in any direction, and that direction is gonna be over the quarry, and then I'm gonna follow it down. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. Monks are overpowered. So, so what I want you to picture is that Jody like spins around, punches a dude twice, and completely brains him, and then yep. uh, moves forward and then punches the ballista. It starts careening off the quarry, and then Jody runs behind it, grabs on, and starts like piloting it down. Uh, in- piloting <laughs> it down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like strictly speaking, it's against a creature, but you can't convince me that if you can do it to a giant creature with no size restriction, you can't do it to a crossbow. So I think that <laughs> that's fine because you are allowed to hit things. So Jody blasts this fucking giant crossbow off the, the back of the of the quarry, and yeah, he's like fucking... Ghost right in the whip, baby! <laughs> his Master Chief riding the bomb down into the Covenant ship! <laughs> steering it uh, with his own body. Yeah, so fucking picture this fucking scene. Sunburst appears, 20 guys fall to the ground. Duncan is like rage flurrying and he's drawn the attention of the remaining eight. They're all charging at him as fast as they can. Meanwhile, Jody falling resplendently through the air, piloting a crossbow as the wave of Eastern League and Carthen resistance soldiers charge at the gate of Snakesbane Spring. And a few moments later, battle rages in Snakesbane Spring. Eastern League forces and Carthen resistance clash with the Carthen military. Moments after the frontal assault hit the gates, the first of the surprise assault poured through and began to flank the defenders. Chaos reigned supreme. The gates were thrown open quickly and the smaller invading force got the jump on the larger, fortified one. But the battle is far from decided. Hand-to-hand fighting fills every street, and missiles, both magical and mundane, fly free. Many will lose their lives in the battle coming, and countless acts of heroism will be performed. Deep in the thick of things is Mel, the farmer. She and her friends, those who've survived this long, just snuck up on a group of Carthen rangers and made short work of them up close. She's catching her breath, and she hears a roar from the north side of town. She looks up and sees something totally unexpected. It's a whole group of people in white robes. They appear unarmed, but it only takes a second for her to realise that that isn't quite true. A group of Carthen soldiers is charging the group in robes when a halfling man steps to the front and performs a series of rapid hand strikes to the chest of an approaching soldier. Before Mel can blink, the soldier flies back unconscious and the halfling has already moved on to the next. Well, shit, she says. Where'd those monks come from? Of course, we recognize that halfling. It's Hasselback. Minutes later, Hasselback is standing with a woman. The woman who brought him and the other monks here. They're in a room which was being used as a temporary holding cell for prisoners of war. Trent Allgood and some of his troops stand before them, freed from their shackles, tooling up, and ready to join the fray. Is he here? asks Hasselback. The woman simply shakes her head. I haven't seen him. Sorry, adds Trent. The woman grits her teeth, and a furious determination fills her eyes.
We're jumping back around to Duncan. Just real quick, did I sunfest Duncan? Yeah, you did sunburst Duncan, so I am going to need Duncan to take a constitution oh, saving no. throw. Uh, as, and, and what does sunburst do? I completely forgot. So it, it'll blind him for a minute. Oh my god. Oh, awesome. If he fails. No, if he if he fails. Yeah, if he fails. If he succeeds, no, it's just half damage. What's the DC? 19. Ah, oh, 21. That's right! Duncan takes 19 damage, is not blinded, he grits his teeth against the power of Brasilia's fucking explosive sunshine, and uh, he sees eight combatants charging at him across the the open ground of the quarry whilst Jody pilots this thing down. Uh, What does Duncan do? One of them is next to him, the other uh, seven are coming three from his left and four four from his right. First, I'm going to take my concentration save to... See if I just lost my Hunter's Mark. But rolling a 19, I think that's going to be absolutely fine. <laughs> um, Double then... mind, Duncan, the most constitutive boy! Yeah. Um, so... By the way, T, did you forget a, an ability you have where if you where if you kill someone, you get a bonus attack? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of shit on my page at this point. <laughs> so let's say... So you, you're going to attack the guy that's right next to you. Yeah. Um, you, you know he's wounded. You know he's taken 19 damage. You know he's taken the size of hit you just took from that sunburst. So you've got a pretty mm. good read on what the damage is. Um, what do you do? Um, I won't use my bonus action to move Hunter's Mark yet because it doesn't sound like he needs it. So I'm going to take a swing, no power attack at him. Uh, 18 plus 14 to hit. I'm just going to assume that hits. You got plus 14. Yep. No, dude, he's got 35 AC. <laughs> <laughs> Damage, he takes... This guy's the big bad dude, good luck hitting him. Um, <laughs> he takes uh, 9 plus 8, 17 damage. Yeah, uh, like, this this last guy standing awestruck of Duncan's raw power. Wait, they get to attack. I didn't give them an attack. This guy's going to take an attack against Duncan before he dies. Um, the first thing he does is... Oh my god, he rolled a 22 against your AC. I can't believe you're giving him an attack Duncan. out of turn order, but you didn't let me use my extra attack for <laughs> killing somebody next to him out of turn order. Honestly, I'm heartbroken. Yep. You take uh, <laughs> 10 slashing damage from the sword, but then you immediately parry him out of existence. The other seven... I think it's important to note, I don't parry him out of existence because I did not expend one of my superiority die to do that. Of course, of course, Tom. I wouldn't want to take that from you. Um, <laughs> but you do uh, see the remaining seven soldiers spend their turn charging over to you as fast as they can. Uh, I'll say that there's like three more of them around you. The other four are still coming over because uh, even with their, their sprint, they couldn't get there. Um, so you've still got the rest of your turn. You've got your remaining two attacks. Uh, you've got three of these guys standing around you. Are you attacking them? I assume you okay, are. So now, just to be clear... They didn't that was me. during their turn, which was before my turn, which means when I just killed that dude, I now get to swing at one of them for free. That's right. So you still have three attacks, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to swing at one of them, free attack, and I don't have advantage. So I'm going to keep this not power attacking, but I am going to use my bonus action to put Hunter's Mark onto this dude I'm swinging at. Okay, uh, nice. 24 to hit. Yep. 8, 15... 17 damage plus the 6 from Hunter's Mark, 23. Yeah, you, you you cut him down. He also took that sunburst damage and he's in the dirt. Also, uh, for the last like 10 minutes, every time I've been saying he, about half of the time I should have been saying she. I'm sorry. I try and work wow. really hard on that in this it's show. But <laughs> given the fact that there are 30 characters here and I haven't given any of them names or specific characteristics, uh, it's gotten away from me a little bit. So, half uh, of these characters are actually apologies. called Snowflake and the other half are called <laughs> Safe Space. Um <laughs> Uh, we actually <laughs> don't even with that. We we actually we're actually now a Marvel property. Uh, well, technically a Disney property, but you know how it goes. Yep. No, no. But straight up though, if Marvel wants to buy us out, buy us out, please. <laughs> <laughs> we'll no, do we, anything. Don't technically a Disney princess. Yeah. No. I, look, hey, you can call every character in the show Snowflake if you buy this show off us. Marvel. <laughs> I don't care. Just give us a nice chunky payout and then you can do whatever you want with this IP. Okay. Um, next person to act is Duncan. Um, you've you've, you've yeah, cut this yeah, guy yeah, down. I was, like, I was like, what do you mean next person to act? Like, what do you, what do you mean current dwarf to act? Um, <laughs> yep. 
Uh, I'm just quickly checking. Can I just keep one-hitting motherfuckers? Is that how this works? Maybe. That would be absurd if Duncan's like, I've got six seconds. Ching, 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 ching. <laughs> ah, it's a bonus action. So that means I didn't cast Hunter's Mark with... As in, I didn't move it on to Get him. that Hunter's Mark damage? Okay, don't Which worry about it. He's he still took... gone. Yeah, But you can it. only do it once per turn. That's the important thing. So yeah. you've got two more attacks and two more guys lined up in front of you. All right, so swinging at the first one. Not power attack. 18 plus 20... Uh, sorry, 18 plus 14 to hit. I'm assuming that works. 8 plus 2 is 10 because he's a humanoid. Plus 7 is 17 damage. Yeah, your sword goes clean through the chest of another one of these combatants. How does Duncan feel just quickly about carving through the bodies yet again of the troops of the <laughs> werewolf in the Carthage military? Like, um, does that stay with him at all? Does that even register in his mind at this moment? No, no. This is this is the most machine component of his mind in operation right now. We like we talk yeah, about this sometimes is dark a machine. kind of rage, <laughs> but it is more mechanical from Duncan. It's very much like goal-oriented uh, brutality. It's like it's like does a chainsaw care when the tree falls over? Hmm. Wow, wow, wow! It looks like the chainsaw <laughs> looks angry, but it feels nothing. <laughs> Maybe that's the next Pixar, like, anthrop- anthropomorphic movie. Like, the chainsaw that cares. You know Pixar's I mean? like- tools! <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Alright, this chainsaw's moving on to the last one. <laughs> Got him down! 17 plus 14 to hit, you do the math. Rerolling my 1 on the damage dice, that's 8. Plus 7, that's 15. Plus 2, that's 17 damage. <laughs> <laughs> Another chainsaw uh, cuts through yet another tree, but that's the end of his turn. Now we get back around to Drazilia and the magic group. Elva chimes up at you. She's still invisible, and she says, Okay, I think I've got it. Valeria, Drazzy, lend me your strength. We're gonna need we're gonna need to work together on this. Put your hand on my hand and put your other hand on the barrel. Oh. And do you do that? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. She she and Valeria both pop back into existence, and you can see the two of them. Valeria stands there with a look of confusion, but determination, and Elva stands there with a look of... Well, take a quick insight check for me. It's a nat 20. She stands there with a look of deep concern, buried underneath a look of confidence and determination. Yeah, I want all the psychology says, in this one look. <laughs> what's what's her deepest, darkest makeup at this point in time? That's it. <laughs> the psychology is she's putting on a brave face so as not to scare you that she thinks that this is going to work. That's what she's trying to convince you of. But deep down, she has no fucking idea if what she's about to do is going to uh, penetrate this barricade in the way that she wants it to. Well, thanks for wasting my nat 20 roll. Yeah, if only you'd use that nat 20 on the next thing you need to do, <laughs> uh. which is cast a spell to break this barrier. <laughs> Um, go ahead and, uh, give me a, a spell casting ability check. So just like plus your regular spell attack. Like this is raw magic, raw magic. And it's a group check. Okay. So that is 20. 20. Okay. Valeria rolled like dog shit, but Elva rolled strong. And together, the power of your raw magic, (laughs) you, you feel a powerful spell that you've never felt before emanate from inside Elva and course through her hand into yours, through your body, out the tip of your hand into this barricade, this shimmering magical barricade. What's so funny, dude? Just shimmering tips and throbbing magic. It's very good stuff. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it, would, it, would, it would be appropriate if one of the Sine needed to come in order to open this magical barrier <laughs> in the finale. Like that would be about yeah. as close to like a, a, a full story yeah. circle as you could get. Yeah. You you all nut simultaneously at the barricade <laughs> and it disintegrates before you. No, dude, <laughs> no, dude. What sugar baby sex magic? No, no, no. I, I admittedly rolled a one on my console, but that's still ten. So Duncan doesn't nut yet. Yeah, but that is a crit fail, so Duncan nuts in his armor. Like, he just feels the magic. Because dopamine counts as a poison, so I get my dwarven resilience advantage, so I'm rolling again, and so I roll seven. <laughs> so it's 
16. It's 16 on the nut. It's 16 on the not nut and yeah. Okay, all right. We'll come back to the psychology of dopamine counts as a poison. But um, in the meantime, I'm going to finish describing what happens to this barricade. You feel the spell pass through your body and into the barricade and you see this large, solid, magical barrier begin to quiver and shake and it doesn't disintegrate because that's beyond the scope of Elva's power right now, but it does change colour from this sort of imperceptible shifting rainbow feature to a solid colour blue barricade. And Elva exhales a deep breath and says, Okay, that... That will do, if I'm not mistaken. And she grasps the necklace around her neck and takes a quick step straight through the barrier. And she says, Those of us with the peace should be able to get through. And then she turns around and uh, bellows uh, with a magically amplified voice across the quarry. Jody, Get over here! Duncan! Clean up those last ones and get in on our tail! Valeria, Drasilia, with me! And charges through this modified blue barricade into the depths of the mine. And that's the end of her turn. It's now Jody's turn. What does Jody do with his turn? He's falling through the air. He lands with a thud on the ruins of this uh, of this machine at the base of uh, oh, the quarry. Dude. No, 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 my friend. I've got time. So I, I've, I've careened over the edge, but you better believe Jody then having found his footing on the falling ballista, sort of like takes a little like ru- uh, run up, jumps off, and then opens his cloak of gliding that he got from fucking Scrivener and then fucking Fuck, glides yeah. down. <laughs> Fuck yes, dude. He pulls out that cloak of gliding and he flies across the quarry. He lands with his feet on the ground roughly halfway across the quarry. And I believe with with a dash, you'll be able to get over to that mine. Like swing straight past Duncan and get there. Wait, so he's, yeah, yeah. he's landed safely on the ground? Uh, I think so. For a brick, he flew pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love that. I gotta say, dude, I was extremely disappointed with... I was disappointed with the lack of a quick reaction to that from you. Because I was like, wow, this was a joke specifically for Thomas Owen. Dude, I reacted I made so a quickly. Halo reference. I decided in a split second to say nothing and to wait for my cue. <laughs> that's, that's very... <laughs> I'm very proud of you. I, I've been wait waiting... Yeah, nice. <laughs> for, like... So can we assume Jody sprints over to the mine entrance and uh, battles on through that blue barricade? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Jody uh, sprints across the ground of the quarry, and <clears throat> I'm going to say Jody gets over to the mine entrance as these final three arrive, standing at the feet of Duncan. It's Duncan's turn. What do you do? Um. Now, look. This may come as a surprise, but I am going to. One but by you stab one. three guys. Stab. Make those attack rolls, my guy. <laughs> okay, attack roll on the first one. Wait, I okay. Look, I rolled with advantage by mistake, but I rolled two seventeens, so that's actually fine. Yeah, um, take the seventeen, no problem. Um, so the first guy takes about what they've always taken. Then that means I get a free attack for the next guy from him dying. Uh, yes. They have very little hit points 16, left after that sunburst. 16 to hit. Does that hit? Uh, 16 doesn't hit, dude. Okay. Fortunately, you've still got two attacks, I believe. Yeah, so I move on to my second actual attack. Oh, fuck. Does a 17 hit? 17 hits. Duncan just missed for the first time in this, like, 18-second flurry of blows. <laughs> um, that guy takes about the same damage as me killing him the whole time as well. And then the third one... Uh, yes. That's about the normal hit. And then... Uh, actually more damage. Was it a 17 or more? 17 is their armor class. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was 21. Um, and then 9 plus 9, 18 damage. Absolutely. Duncan brains the final of these three figures. He doesn't brain him. He takes a limb off. He slides his sword into the the delicate sinew between the shoulder joint and the body and removes the arm. And I guess does he start moseying on over towards the entrance to the mine? 
I think it's more than a mosey. It's like a, it's like a hustle. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hustle. Hustle. Like real Jolo, 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 real Jolo vibe. Like a dude suit. (laughs) Duncan hustles over to the mine entrance, but he can't get there in time before a figure emerges on a shelf in the side of the quarry, a rocky shelf. It's a man who you've seen more times than you would care to remember, both in person and in your dreams. It's the werewolf. And he's not alone. On the shelf, at his feet, bound with a blade against his throat, (gasps) you see Garrick. And the werewolf booms down to you. How high up are they? We'll, we'll get there in a minute. Because the thing that grabs your attention is his booming voice. And you turn around to hear this. Duncan, I've been expecting you. I'll say I'm impressed with your actions, but... Well, we both knew you were capable of cutting down some of my forces with surprise. Duncan, I know you need... This. And he grabs a necklace around his neck with his spare hand, and you see it contains a piece. And he says, So I'm willing to make you a deal. Come up here, Duncan, and fight me for it. And it could be yours, or it could be mine. But if you refuse... Well... Garrick here is... He's done. Man, that high voice is so creepy. Mmm. And then after a second of pause while you're considering this, he says, Oh, and Duncan, you and only you. If I see Jody Mastana there move an inch in this direction, I'm slitting Garrick's throat right here and now. How high up is he? Um, he's within the range of Dimension Door and or... What's the range on Misty Step? 30 feet. Yeah, he's not within 30 feet, but he is within Dimension Door. I I don't know the exact number, but 60 feet, call it. 50, 60 feet. He says, clock's ticking, Duncan. I'm slitting this throat in 10, 9, 8. I'll come up. It'll only take a moment. And I start climbing up the rock face. What does Jody Mastana do in this moment? I mean... Jody trusts Duncan. Um, I think, yeah, Jody Jody looks out there and like sees that Duncan is going to handle this and that Duncan will save Garrick and get the piece. And Jody presses on, trusting that the werewolf was not kidding when he said if he saw Jody move there, he would kill him. <laughs> oh yeah, Jody's in for stunts, but if one of those stunts is like, oh no, you've accidentally murdered your best friend, like that's not gonna that's not gonna fly for him. So I think he's, yeah, he. Whoa. He backs Duncan. You're giving Garrick best friend? (laughs) Unbelievable. I love that. Okay. We see Duncan scaling the rock face towards the werewolf. Upon seeing Jody enter the mine, the werewolf drops Garrick on the ledge behind him and takes uh, a few steps back, brings his sword up into the ready position, and takes a deep breath as Duncan scales the rock face, ready for a jewel. Those of you who've entered the mine proper see a small entry chamber. The barrier behind you, the blue shimmering barrier that you've just passed through, is still behind you. Elva says, where's Duncan? He, um, he's, he's confronting the werewolf. He's, he's collecting a piece. He'll be back with us momentarily. Valeria gasps. You don't want to help him? The, um, he has Garrick with, like, a knife to his throat, so that, uh, <laughs> that option wasn't really a possibility. Valeria gasps again and puts a hand to her mouth. Elva looks hard at all of you for a moment and says, Well, we need that piece anyway. There's nothing we can do about it. We need to press on. And Valeria collects herself and turns to Elva and says, Where do we go? And uh, Elva leads the three of you deeper into the mine, down this gently forward sloping tunnel. And 
you quickly arrive at a place where the tunnel branches into three tunnels. Can I get a perception check from Drazilia and uh, Jody? Fuck. 14. I mean, I rolled a, a natural one, so I'm good at perception, but that's still yeah, okay. a bad scene. <laughs> that's that's fine. I think um, I think uh, Drazilia with her 14 notices like that these tunnels look really similar. They look like weirdly similar, but that's that's about as far as she gets with it. Uh, and they, they all extend off into darkness. And Elva says, When we forged this mine, when we forged the crucible, it was one direct path. This must be more of Maleficus's trickery. He's trying to delay us. Do you think that only one of these is a true tunnel and the rest are fakes? That could be the case, but we don't have time to explore all three. Should we split up? That might be for the best. The four of you are standing at the mouths of these three tunnels when all of a sudden, from behind you, you hear a wavering voice ringing through the cavern. It says, Jody! Oh my god. Drasilia! Elva, come and get me. And as more words are said, you recognize this as the voice of none other than Esme. Mm. And with a flash, she's standing in the tunnel behind you, having lit up the space around her, and she launches a bolt of electricity in your direction. Can I get everybody to take a dexterity save for me? <laughs> 26. 21. Okay, Jody vaults out of the way of this electrical charge. Drazilia does the same. Drazilia's going to take half damage, though, because she doesn't have that special feature that Jody has. Uh, Elva and Valeria both failed their save, so they are both going to take damage. That's that's 19 lightning damage halved for you, Drazilia, to 9. Uh, sorry, 10. 0 for you, Jody, and 19 for Elva and Valeria, who both eat that and grit their teeth and are rebounded backwards like a, a half step in their place. And Esme says, you're going to need this if you want to stop him and she also clutches at a necklace containing a piece and says come all of you take it from me how does everyone react man Esme's lost it I think I think Jody spins around and is like go on you can get there find Maleficus we'll be behind you as fast as we can you should go now Elva says he's right we can't slow down Maleficus will be beginning the ritual already I can I can feel it I'll take the left and she turns around and barrels down the leftmost path. Okay. Valeria uh, takes her cue from Elva and barrels down the central path. Drusilia turns to say goodbye to Jody, but instead of saying goodbye, she uses three sorcery points and without speaking, casts haste upon him. Oh my god. Fuck yeah. Quicken spell? Haste Jody? Yep. I love that. No, sneak spell. That was a sneak spell. <laughs> That's like a little warm hug. And she she runs off down the corridor? Yes. Okay. Jody Mastana turns to face Esme. As jo- as Jody's turning around though, I want you to imagine like he sort of like feels like Drazilia casts a spell on him and he turns to face her, like you know, a little bit like amped up and that sort of thing. I think Jody like takes his staff, like, takes the piece out of the staff and pockets it, drops his staff to the ground, and, like, basically, like, throws off his, like, weighted, <laughs> weighted boots and, like, fucking, like, uh, like robe and that sort Just of thing. this once, master. <laughs> Just this once. And, like, and so he's, he's, like, sort of standing in, like, basically, like, like, these, like, dark grey robes slash, like, sort of, like, combat pants, basically. And, like, sort of, like, takes, like, a fighting position. Huh. I really thought that was going to work. Oh well, guess it's just you and me then, Jody. And she flashes you the most sickening grin you've seen in a long time. Jody looks at her and is just like, My name is Jody Mastana. You killed my best friend. Prepare to die. Outside the mine, 
Above the quarry, a grim battle rages on. Jathra surveys the scene with narrowed eyes, barks commands to her officers, and charges into the fray once more. Mel, the farmer, Trent Allgood, and Hasselback each lead their respective groups in furious, desperate assaults on a force which outnumbers them, but which they've successfully surprised. In the madness, a determined woman slips unseen through the skirmishes. In the quarry, and the mine beneath the town, we see our heroes in quick succession as they part ways. Duncan is outside, grimly scaling the quarry wall, headed for his final confrontation with his past, with the werewolf. Jody stands in the entry tunnel of the mine, in his fighting position, and he readies himself to do battle with Esme, the woman responsible for the attack on Espera which set every tragedy in his life in motion. And Drasilia, alone once more, hastens down a dark corridor which tunnels deep into the earth on a collision course with a force of pure evil. And somewhere underneath, further below yet, Maleficus stands beside the crucible, single-mindedly focused on the task at hand, on the ritual that he's performing, on the power that will soon be his. How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chapel, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newsom. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or Still Interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com.